Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Pastor Nate here. How are you tonight? It's good to see every single one of you, including my babies over here. And uh, they're having fun. So tonight we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And we're going to ask him to be with us tonight as we be the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Paul is going to write and talk to us tonight. So let's go to the word of the Lord. Our, let's pray first. How's that? In Jesus' name. Father, we love you tonight. We ask that your presence be with us tonight. Open our hearts and our minds to your word. Lord, all those that are not feeling well tonight, bless them and heal their bodies, Lord. I pray tonight that you give them strength and that you allow them to know they are loved by us and you alone, Lord. I thank you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say amen. Amen. It's good to see all of you. I hope that you that are joining me online will grab your Bible or find a place where you can take some notes. We're going to go to the word of the Lord tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about new. Everybody shout new. New. How many love new things? We just gave away a bunch of brand new clothes, and I was so excited that they were new. They had tags on. They let people know that there was there was an importance of of what they needed in their life and it was brand new all things new we find that new is important to our psyche our our, our psychology I, I know that whether it's used or new uh, every new car that you get is new right it's a different car a new new refrigerator new bathtub new um, you get all kinds of stuff right so we know that in this process of new we can feel emotionally, spiritually, that something good is happening. Something is, is moving forward. Tonight I'm going to read to you in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24. And I read a couple weeks ago uh, from this passage. And I want to just continue um, talking to you out of Ephesians chapter 4. I think it's a very important chapter. Uh, let's read verse 24. And that ye put on the new man. Everybody say, put on the new man. Paul was writing to us and saying, it's time that you put on the new man. We know that old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. But he says there's something we must do. We must put on the new man. It's an action. It's something we have to do in our lives. It's a something that we do on a daily basis. We put on God. We put on the new man. The righteousness of God. We do that through repentance. We do that through prayer. We do that through multiple things in our spirit life. So tonight we look and he says, I want you that you would put on the new man after which after God is created in righteousness and what? True holiness. Say that word. True holiness. You might want to write that down because true holiness is something that we've talked about and you'll hear me scatter that throughout this passage. In this message. So, we've established that we all like new things, huh? Um, how many here likes new clothes? I know you ladies, yeah? You like new clothes, right? You like new clothes? Lindsay, you like new clothes? Okay, how about you, Sam? You like new clothes? I know mom likes new clothes. Um, I haven't met an individual uh, that really doesn't like new clothes. Some people don't like a lot of new clothes, but you're going to like new clothes. Also, new shoes. Now, I'm a shoe guy. Anybody else like new shoes? My wife um, is cleaning out our house. We're doing a fall clean. We should have done a spring clean. <laughs> but we're doing a fall clean. And uh, she has uh, packaged about uh, 
Oh, you don't even want to know how many pair of shoes to give to Sister Chokentaw for Columbia. And uh, my wife loves shoes. We all love new shoes, new cars. I love a new car. We all love a new car, especially when ours is not working. It's nice to have a new car. Amen. A new phone. Uh, look forward, but Carl looks forward to new phones and new iPads. He, 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 he likes those new electronics. Amen. A new place. Uh, everybody likes a new place, something different. Mom had friends over to her new place, right? And they loved her, her new place. And new is exciting. Am I saying new? Yeah. New is wonderful. New is something that we celebrate. We get smiles about. When I tell you I got a new whatever, you're going to celebrate with me. You know, I got new socks. Wow, that's awesome. You know, we're all celebratory. You know, I got a new watch. Yeah, look, I got a new watch. Oh my goodness, that's so nice. We can talk about new in a very neutral way because everybody loves it. Everybody can talk about it. So why new? Why is new so important? I want you to hear me today because this is something I think you need to hear. We love new. Everybody say we love new. So why is that important? Number one is that it states or gives us the idea of fall, of fresh start. How many loves new? Huh? Fresh start. New. My wife is cleaning out our house and I've been sleeping in the RV and uh, we got piles everywhere. I'm so looking forward to when she's done because the process is messy, but I know that when she gets done, it'll be beautiful, right? So it gives me hope, right? <laughs> it gives me hope, that, but that's a fresh start. It's new, it's a new beginning. It is a clean slate. I, I think that's so important. You get your, your clean slate going. You get your tickets removed, right? You pay all your tickets or they give you forgiveness and you feel like, okay, I can drive without feeling like I'm going to be stopped and thrown in jail, right? Um, I know people that drive like that. Like, I'm, I think I have a bench worn out because I didn't pay my ticket from three years ago. Um, but all of us like that clean slate. A reset, a restart. That's why we like the word new. It invokes happiness and it makes us understand that we get a fresh start, a clean slate. We're getting a reset. We're getting a restart. It's important. So marks of time in our lives as humans, we mark time. Did you know that? We mark time. Brother Carl just had a birthday. He turned 38. And um, Brother Carl's birthday is, it was marked. Mom uh, has one in May. I have one in April. And, and who had a birthday recently? Anybody else uh, have a birthday recently? Well, we have some babies in the room and recently we're born. So that is a, a time that we mark. We mark that because it's important. It means something is new. An anniversary, it reminds us of that new thing. Why do we have anniversaries? Because it reminds us of what we started and what we are in and what we should continue in. Special dates. How many remember your high school uh, prom? Anybody remember that, right? How many remember uh, your first kiss, right? That was new, right? The very first time. I remember it was <coughs> my pillow. <coughs> but uh, everybody has new, right? That they can think about. This coming few months, we're going to celebrate 2023. 20, I'm going to say that slower. 2023. This year has flown by. Yes. You realize we, we, we have 
almost coming to, we're in October, and it's already, the, you know, it's going to be in the middle of October this weekend, um, and it's going to just started. But every month it's new, new month, a new week. Every Monday it's a new, new week. It's a start, right? 2023 is a new year. That's why we call it New Year's. Well, I don't know where you're going to be at New Year's, but you're going to celebrate, I promise, the new year. What does it mean? Well, so many people make fresh starts. They start anew. They get new diets and new exercise equipment, and they they make New Year's resolutions, and they say they're going to... Why do they do that? Because they feel this, this connection, this thing that says, I have a clean slate. I can go forward. I can do this, right? So the, the Scripture tells us that there's some wonderful things about new. Now, this is awesome because it... The scripture tells us that we are new creatures in Christ. Some will say brand new. Brand, brand new. We get a clean slate. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. We get, oh, it's, it's like a brand new, yes, it's a brand new day. We get, we are new creatures in Christ. We are a new creation in Christ. We, His mercies are new every single morning. We are in a new covenant. We don't live by the law. We live by the covenant of Christ and in the law of Christ. We are saved not by the blood of bulls and, and, and doves and all of those things from the no, we're saved by the grace and the mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ. He gave us a new start, a new beginning. He allows us. When we have guests that come amongst us and and, and uh, when we are praying with people, we're inviting people, we're teaching them Bible studies. The thing that we should be most denoting is that, hey, you get brand new. You get a new creature. You are becoming a new creation. You get a new clean slate. When you are baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, it is to eradicate all the sins of your life. and You get a brand new life. Someone shout, Amen. It is an absolute. We are going to see a new heaven and a new Jerusalem and a new earth. And we have so many promises involving new. Everybody shout new. New, 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 new. Today is a new day. Tomorrow will be a new morning. You can wake up and His mercies are fresh every single new morning. You can come to church on Sunday. And no matter what kind of week, this is the day that the Lord hath made. And I what will rejoice and be glad. Why? Because He made all things new. New is what we're talking about because you are the person that Christ bought that for. You are the individual. He said, I'm going to make you something you never thought you could be. I'm going to help you become something you never could purchase for yourself. You, no matter what you did yesterday or what you acted like or what things you did in your mind or heart, your sin, your transgressions, God says, repent. And when you do, I am faithful and just to forgive you of all the unrighteousness that might be in your life. In other words, He's saying, Every day, every time you ask, Lord, forgive me of that sin and that shortcoming. He is faithful and just to make you brand new all over again. Someone shout new. Oh, new, 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 new. I can't wait for new. New is so much fun. New is what brings life. And God is here to remind us tonight that He can make you brand new. New in so many ways. It doesn't matter if you've been serving Christ your entire life. He can make you new every single morning. 
He can bring that joy every single day, that newness of life that says, I've been forgiven. I've been set free. I've been uh, purchased by the blood of Christ. We find in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul writes in chapter 4, in verse 21. Read it with me if you will. If so be that ye have heard him, talking about Jesus, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Uh, that ye put off concerning the former. You got to put it off. Everybody shout, I got to put it off. Ah, yeah. oh, come on. I want everybody to shout, put it off. There you go. Why, why, Pastor? Well, because you can't be new and old at the same time. You, you can't carry around your old stuff and let Christ be new and making you a new creation or a new creature. You've got to put off some things in order to obtain the new. Uh, have you ever had something that you really loved, like a suit or a dress or a you know, clothing, you hate to gear it, it sits in the closet, and man, you love that, and you wish you could fit back into it, and you refuse to throw it away, and, and then you, you decide, I, I know this actually happened, that you get a, another dress, and you decide to cut up the material in that dress, and make a flower for the new dress, because you just love that, no, you wouldn't do that, mom. No, uh, so you, you you cut the flower, the other dress. It's so pretty. You like the it won't fit, so you cut it up and you make a flower and you put it on the on your lapel for your new dress. Uh, why? Because there's something about wanting to hang on to our old stuff. I know it's bad, but there's something there's something about it that we as humans we we hate to get rid of stuff. This lesson tonight came from my wife and her um, decision. To say, all right, we're gonna we're gonna act like we're moving and we're throwing everything out. So she's been through her closet. I'm not lying. There's there's clothing everywhere, and and she said and she says I haven't worn this in a year. I haven't looked at this in a year. I don't fit in anymore. I'm not gonna keep it. I'm, it's not gonna stay around because it's just in the back of my closet. I can't see it. I don't know it's there. I don't want it, but yet I I have held on to it for some reason. There's something about our, our spiritual selves that we want to hold on to old things. Sometimes we want to hold on to old sin because they're so comfortable, we're so used to them, and they bring us much joy. Sometimes we want to hold on to, to old stuff that we have done in the past that we just need to get rid of. Paul writes to us here, and he says, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. I say old man. Old man, you gotta put it off. If you can't listen, you can't be an old man and a new man at the same time. You can't. You, no, there's no such thing as spiritual Benjamin Buttons, right? You can't do that. It's not a part of the process. But yet, we so many times find ourselves in frustration because we want to hang on to some old stuff. Now. Don't take me wrong, I'm all for hanging on to things that have significant memories. Pictures and, you know, things that can fit in a box underneath the bed. That's what I'm all for. Um, uh, but in our lives, we accumulate. I'm 54, my wife is, is well, she's close to me. And uh, guess what? I've accumulated a lot of stuff. So this last week, as we've gone through the house, there's some things I've looked at and said, Wow, I remember that. 
Well, that's, wow, remember this? My wife just texted me as I was starting this Bible study a picture of, of me and her and Chris Smothers, Pastor Smothers, when we were, uh, we were kids. And she was like, oh my God, look what I found, right? She's going through her drawer and picking out old pictures and remembering. She read a notebook to me before I came of her writing my name and her name together like 28,000 times. And then on the second page of that notebook were all of our children's names. <laughs> we got to laughing about it because she just wrote Lisa Marie Nix over and over and over again. And it's part wine because she was anticipating something new. She was looking forward to something that was not that was going to be. And that was something. But Lisa had to get rid of or abandon her old in order to get the new, right? Well, Lisa had a, an old boyfriend, right? Well, she, yeah, she can't date him anymore, right? She's got to be with me, right? Because now we're getting married, right? So I didn't want her talking to that guy. You know, I didn't want her knowing that. I mean, if I want her to forget his name. Well, who was that? What? I don't remember, right? Why? Because, well, that's my new bride. And that's, I don't, I don't want any. And, of course, she wants me to do the same with all my old girlfriends, right? I don't Who were they? I have no idea. The reason I say that is because she found a picture of her, one of her and her old boyfriend. They took a picture together. And uh, I was giving her a hard time tonight about that. But um, it was one of those things. It was beautiful and wonderful when you think about the new. When you think about the new, having to get rid of the old can be sad. In order to get new things, you have to move on from the place you're at. In order to go to a new place, you have have to leave the place you're at. Do you understand me tonight? I hope that you do because I really feel this so strongly. You got to put off the old conversation of the old man, which is what? What does it say? Corrupt according to the what? Deceitful lust. We know that our old man, the sinful man, right? The sinful woman, we it, it's it's decrepit. It is Corrupt. That word corrupt is exactly what I mean. It's corrosion. It's, it's gross. It's corrupt. It's not good. Um, it, it's one of those things that if we're not careful, we sometimes will get comfortable with corrupt because we're used to the smell. I have a friend that works in a chicken uh, place, dairy farm, chicken farm kind of thing. And I, years ago, I visited him. And I, I, I literally, my gag reflex uh, in a chicken farm was, I, could, I couldn't stay. I, I, I literally could not stay. I ended up tying a, a, a thing around my nose. He gave me a little smelling salt. I put it on there. I thought it was a joke when he brought me this bandana with some smelling stuff off. Uh, that you know, you know, squeeze it, just put it on there. I was like, yeah, that stuff's nasty. I ain't doing that. And then I got close to the chicken farm, and then I got it at the chicken farm. I'm like, oh my god, how do you do this? And he said, I. He literally said, he says, I don't smell it. He says, I, my nose is is desensitized. I don't smell it at all. And I thought to myself, you don't smell what is absolutely horrific. I mean, the smell went out to the highway. It was that bad. Why? Because he was desensitized. He had been around it so much that he, and our old man is easy to hang out with. Am I helping anybody tonight? If you're not careful, and if I'm not careful, we will allow that corrupt and deceitful lust to crawl in, inside of us and to live there. We don't even know it because it's just 
well, it's a, we're, we've become nose deaf to our issue. We look in verses 23 and 24 of Ephesians, and he says this, and be renewed. So don't just get rid of the old corrupt things, but he says, what be renewed. How many want to be renewed in your heart and mind? Amen? Why do you come on Sunday morning to be renewed? Why do you show up for Bible study to be renewed? Why do you worship? Why do you play worship music at your house? Why do you, why? Because you're asking God to renew. You're proactively saying, I don't want my deceitful man to rise up, my corrupt old man to live anymore. So I got to do some things to help me live in a new space, a new thing. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your what? Mind. And that you put on the new man. Everybody say, put on the new man. So you got to put it on actively. You can't, pardon me, be passive about this thing. So he says, which after God is created in righteousness, and there that word is again, and true holiness. True holiness. So we have to understand we must put on the new man, the new woman, and how do I do that? So in verses 25 onward, we're going to find that he tells us to put off the old man, put on the new man. But now we're just going through some practical steps of how, how do we do that practically? So let me run through them for you. So we find in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25, Paul writes, Wherefore, putting away lying, everybody say amen. So uh, you can't put on the new man and still, still practice lying as a regular habit. Now, that doesn't mean you won't have moments where you fall or fail and you immediately say, Father, forgive me, and His grace is sufficient, and He covers you. But you can't live a lifestyle of lies. You can't be more comfortable lying. Have you ever met anybody that's more comfortable lying than they are telling the truth, right? About stupid stuff, about stuff. So, where'd you eat today? I ate at McDonald's, and they really ate at Burger King, right? But it's purposeful. Why? Because, well, you know, it, it sounds silly, but it's true. So, he says, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. So it's not enough just to stop lying. You've got to start speaking the truth. Right? So don't lie. Speak the truth. For what? We are members one of another. So if I lie to Eleanor tonight, Sister Eleanor, she's in the same body of Christ I'm in. We are supposed to love one another. Therefore, when I am lying to her, I'm lying to another member of the body of Christ. And therefore, I'm lying to Christ. It's important that you recognize that we've got to treat each other with love. Verse 26, what does it say? Be angry. Say, I'm good at that. Amen? <laughs> be angry. So it's okay to be angry, but what? And sin not. Say, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, you can be mad, you can be upset, you can be angry, but you can't sin in that anger. How do you sin? Well, when you get to name-calling and you get to calling, degrading other people in the midst of that, and you that's not real anger. That's sinfulness. That is, that's not good. That's corrupt. That's deceitful, right? So how do I be angry at my husband and sin not? Well, you can be angry. That's an anger that says, I don't like what you've done. Right? And I'm going to tell you about it, but you can do it in a Christ-like way. Yes, I just said you can fight in a Christ-like way. It's true. 
You don't have to name call. You don't have to pull out old sins. Did you know that when you tell a partner or a friend or a neighbor about an old sin that God had already forgiven them for, and you remind them, do you remember that time you did that? You're just a big fat sinner, you know. When God has already forgiven them, uh, I would not want to be in your shoes. Uh, put a millstone around your neck, right? Because you're offending one of His. So we've got to be careful, but we can be. I say this all the time. Being angry is not the worst part. It's being angry and sinning is the issue. So be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go what down on your wrath. Fix everything before you go to bed. Amen. Repent. Ask the Father to forgive you. Lord Jesus, help me. Repent to your... Uh, to you, if you have caused uh, 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 you know some kind of scuffle between you, uh, you know name calling, repent for that. And then he says this in verse twenty-seven: Neither give place to the devil. I really, really wanted to focus in on that for a second. When we give a place to the devil, what does that mean in your life and in mine? We, by putting off the old things, right? And putting on the new things, the new Christ in us, putting on Christ on a daily basis, letting His love and grace cover us. But when we give a place to the devil, when we set a place at the table of our life for the enemy of our souls, we will never be able to live in the new man. We will never be able to walk in the new man. Because there is a place where the enemy of your soul is seated and he has residence. He's not passing through and tormenting you. He has a house inside your heart. You've given him a place. He has a tent popped up in your backyard. And he's trying to figure out how he can destroy you. Do not play with the enemy of your soul. Do not give even a place to the devil. We find in Ephesians... We can read and go on and when he says, Let him that steal, let him that stole, steal no more. Everybody say, I, I can't be a thief, amen? You can't be a liar, you can't be a thief, you can't well so you can't, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the things which is good that he may give to him that needeth. So, interesting thing. You're not supposed to steal. You're supposed to work yourself. But you're not just supposed to work. You're supposed to work to the point where you're able to help others that need it more than you. Verse 29. Let no, everybody say no, no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. One of the, as pastor, and been doing this for some time now, I have found through the years that one of the, the loose lips sink ships. There's an old saying. Has everybody heard that before? Right? Let me tell you something. Gossip will kill a community. Gossip will destroy friendships. Talking about one another. Talking about things that are not our, what our business. Right? So, uh, let me give you an example. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I overhear Sister Trenise over here talking to somebody about how she's really struggling and she's doing this and that and struggling. And I go, did you hear that? I heard that Trenise is really struggling with this, right? Right? But let's pray for her. Uh, so let's just pray for her because I heard she's struggling. Um, we love those words, let's pray for her because it kind of gives us permission sort of in our brains to gossip. 
So it's not that we should go, I heard her, so I'm going to repeat it to somebody out here, right? It's that I should keep it in my heart, pray for them, and then go to them. Hey, I'm so sorry, I overheard something you were telling so-and-so, and, and I apologize, but I'm praying for you, and I just want you to know that, right? Something along those lines. Versus, let's, why? Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is what? Good to the use of edifying. That's the justification. If I'm not edifying, should I repeat what I know about others? The answer is no, right? As a pastor, and I, you know, I'm trying to really give this to my ministry students, is if I repeat things that I hear just in a casual basis, everybody's going to think that I'm talking about them. Well, pastor said, well, pastor said, well, pastor said. So guess what? I don't repeat anything. Why? Because if you don't honor this, right? Now, pastor, was your intent to have corruption coming out of you? No, it wasn't my intent. But it, that, just because it wasn't my intent doesn't mean that's what didn't happen. Why? Because I've got to be careful with my mouth. I'm going to give an account for every idle word that is spoken from my mouth. So we've got to be careful when we're talking, using our mouth. Why? Because we don't want something to be corrupt to come out of us and it make others corrupt with us. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that word edifying means lifting up, that it may minister what? Grace unto the hearers. The only way I'm going to repeat something is if it's ministering in edification and grace to the individual. I can have an opinion about what you're doing in your life. But if I come up to you and I tell you, I can't believe you're doing this and that and the other, that's not edification and it doesn't seem like it's in grace, right? I don't have to give you my opinion in order to love you. To love you, I need to say, hey man, I'm praying for you. I love you. God bless you. Have a nice day. <laughs> Why? Because if we're not careful, we will not minister or be a minister of grace. Someone shout amen. Well, that was silent. Everybody shout amen. amen. Yeah, pastor's doing good tonight. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Watch this. And, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Remember, I, I want to remind you that we're talking about being renewed, right? We're talking about putting on the new man. How do we do that? How do I get rid of the old man? Well, we've got to put away lying. We can't be angry and sin. We can't give a place to the devil. We can't steal or be a thief. We've got to speak in a way that's edifying and uplifting and ministers grace. And then we've got to not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby ye were sealed or are sealed unto the day of redemption. Grieving the Holy Spirit. Grieving the Holy Spirit. That is something that each and every one of you should do a little study on your own time about grieving the Holy Spirit. When we are given mercy and grace, we see this point in the gospel where Jesus stands and weeps over Jerusalem. There was something that he was grieved about. When he interacted with Martha and Mary and that whole group, there was... There was something that grieved him. There was so many times when he was dealing with his disciples. The woman at the well, and they were so carnal.
carnally minded. They were worried about lunch more than they were worried about ministry. And it grieved him. It was something that just disappointed him. When he got in the temple and he cleared the temple of all the money changers, he was grieved. It, it caused him to act out in a way that remedied it. In our lives, we have to figure out if we're grieving the Holy Spirit. When God gives you a gift and you don't use it, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. When you have been given much grace and you refuse to give it to others, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. When you have been given mercy beyond mercy and you refuse to allow others to experience that mercy, you're grieving the Holy Ghost. When you sin and you know you're sinning and you refuse to repent from that sin, you're grieving the Holy Ghost. In my life and in yours, we have to figure out for ourselves. You see, because every one of us are called to different things. Every one of us are given different gifts. Every one of us are given different things to accomplish. And we see the story, the, the, the story of the talents. We see Jesus telling us this parable about the talents and how that the one that hid their talent, it's the only time he calls someone evil, right? evil you're evil and you're going to be cast into outer darkness it's interesting that in my life i sometimes sit back and say lord show me where i might be grieving your spirit because i don't ever want to be guilty of consciously grieving the spirit of god so what do i do here it is verse 31 let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. You want to stop grieving the Holy Spirit? Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And in verse 32 he says, And not just get rid of some stuff. Be kind one to another. Everybody say kind. Be kind. You see, we're talking putting off the old man and putting on the new man. We're not just talking about a singular thing here. It's a double event. It's something that when you do this, this starts happening. When you start pulling off the old man, the new man starts having room to come on you and grow in you. So it's interesting how he says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit, which is what... Uh, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. But also, not just put everything away, but also you've got to add some stuff to your life. It's not just get rid of something. It's I need to add the fruit of the Spirit, the love of God. Be kind one to another. Tender hearted. What? Forgiving one another. Can I get a hand raised? Did anybody here deserve God to forgive you? The answer is no. Someone shout no. No. No one here has earned the forgiveness of God. But we have earned the grace of God. By our acknowledgement and faith that he is our king, our Lord, our savior. And in this moment, we find that forgiving one another is a, it is a telltale sign of if we have put on the new man. It's, it's an evidence if we have taken off the old man. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We find you might get some new things in this new year coming, but you will only become a new creature in Christ if you decide to. 
You can decide tonight, today, online. You can decide whenever you watch this. I am going to start putting away some old things so that I have room for some new things. Lisa's cleaning out our closets and taking care of some things that needed to be done. She's removing some things. I promise you before God and all His angels, she's making room for some new things. Because <laughs> that's the way it works. At least that's what she tells me. I'll need new shoes or new clothes. <laughs> I'm just joking, she didn't say that. But let's look at Second Chronicles 5 and 17. New things for 2023. You say, Pastor, you're talking about 2023 already. You know why I'm talking about 2023? Because I want you to be ready by January 1st. I don't want you to start getting ready on January 1st. You don't have time. The hour is late. Jesus is coming again. It's time to start right now so that when you get to January 1, 2023, you don't have to say, man, I'm going to get myself together this year. You're already together. You're moving and there's a declaration of who you are in Christ. Next year, our theme is going to be Thy Kingdom Come. We're going to talk about the Kingdom of God all year and what that means, what it looks like. But most importantly, we're going to talk about who the King is and what He is and how He operates in our lives. If there, therefore any man beware in Christ, he is a what? New creature. He says what? Old things are what? Passed away. Behold, all things are what? Become new. They're not just automatically new. They become new. That word become means process. It means there's a creation happening. It means that it's okay that you're not new like that. It means that you can put your life in the hand of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I know I'm not perfect. I've got a long way to go. I'm a sinner, Lord, but save me by your grace. Help me to become that new creature. Help me to put off the old man. Get rid of the habits and the things that cause me to be an old man. A person that is not in agreement with you, Lord. Help me to put on some new things. Help me to put on kindness and love and tenderheartedness. And help me to put on some things in my life, my prayer life, my fasting, my all those things. Because I want to not just let old things pass away. I want to become a new creature in Christ. Someone shout amen. amen. So what do we find? It means in this, this coming time frame, you can be a new worshiper. Let me tell you something. Uh, one of the things I, I am really uh, going to talk about in, in, is that when you come to God's house, you're not here to be entertained. You're here to entertain God. Someone shout amen. You're not here to just listen to the music and take it all in and think it's beautiful. You're here to entertain God. To uh, Oh, Father, we love you. We praise you. You're supposed to be interacting. New worship. I'm praying that this coming year that we have new worship. That we have new praise. I don't know about you, but God's still doing amazing things in my life. And so I have a new praise on my lips every day because He brought me out. He's satisfied. He's given me new passion. A new passion for souls. A new passion for the things of God. A new passion for the righteousness of God. A new walk. I'm not going to go down the paths that I used to go down. I'm going to go down some new paths, some new ways. I'm going to discover some things. I'm not going to talk the way I used to talk. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to talk the way that I used to. I'm not going to speak ill of people. I'm not going to speak ill of things. I'm going to let my tongue be a sword for my life and for the name of Jesus Christ. 
I need a new purpose and new priorities and new thinking. I don't need the old because the old will go, uh, will get me nowhere. By the way, wherever you're at tonight is where you'll be next year if you don't decide to do something new in your life. A new man, a new woman. A new man, a new woman. Will you be made new? The question is that there's this promise that's there. If you will leave this old man, your former conversation, stop doing this. I'll give you the ability to put on this newness, this new creation, and you won't even recognize yourself. You'll become a new creature. Does that mean you stop making mistakes? Of course not. That's why you need grace. That's why you need God's mercy and love. Because he, we're human. Don't ever forget that. We're always going to have bad days and slam our finger in the car door or get cut off at the red light. We're going to have those moments where we say things we wish it we wouldn't have said. We're going to do things. But that's why the Lord said, I am faithful. When you ask for forgiveness, I will forgive you. It's not about small stuff. It's about the big stuff. It's about the things that you thought, well, Father, I, I don't think I can get back to you because my sin is so egregious. No, it's not egregious. His grace is sufficient in your life. If you believed His word tonight, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of thanksgiving tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. So tonight we're talking about new. We're talking about you. You in this room and you online becoming a new creature, what God has called you to be. But you got to put off the old man. Quit hanging out with the old man in your life. Someone say amen. And let's pray as we close. Father, we thank you for your love and your kindness, Lord, for ministering your word tonight, speaking to our hearts and our minds. Help those that are watching, those that are here tonight, to uh, ponder this Lord, what Paul was writing to us in Ephesians chapter 4 about how there is something we've got to get rid of and something we've got to put on. And it's our action that does that. It's our action to operate in your grace, Father. I thank you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray and let everyone shout in Jesus' name. And let everyone say amen. 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 God bless you. I love you so much. I hope to see you Sunday. This Saturday, we're going to have trunk or treat. This Saturday, I hope you're making plans. Tell a friend. And of course, Sunday morning, we have special guests. You don't want to miss them. They're great friends of mine uh, from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And, and uh, we'll see you Sunday at 1035. Okay, so God bless. In Jesus' name, do you mind turning that off for me, brother? Thank you so much, Brother Obajinski. God bless.